Drive Time 91.3. Always on the cutting edge. Visit the Cape Drive Time 0829-913-913 is the WhatsApp line. Iran's chief nuclear negotiator on Tuesday urged the United States to lift sanctions from his country in a bid to restore the 2015 nuclear accord as talks between Iran and the world powers still party to the deal ended in Vienna. The countries, China, Russia, France, the United Kingdom and Germany, will continue to discuss ways to revive the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the JCPOA, that Donald Trump unilaterally abandoned in 2018. We now chat to Iranian-American academic and political analyst at Tehran University, Professor Mohammad Marandi. Professor Marandi, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the show. Alaikum assalam. Thank you for having me. Let's have a look at what we're dealing with now. First of all, a general question. Um, is Iran a lot happier now that the JCPOA is at least on some kind of trajectory after Donald Trump's sabotage effort of 2018? Not really, because the Biden team is pursuing the same policy as Trump. And uh, which is the maximum pressure campaign. And as a result, people are suffering. So Biden is targeting ordinary people just like Trump. And so far, we don't see any indication of Biden planning to uh, go back to the JCPOA and to abide by U.S. commitments. The United States under Biden is doing the same thing as Trump, and that is that it wants extra concessions from Iran, despite the fact that the two sides have came to the, the agreement. What Trump tried to do was, by putting pressure on Iran, he, he wanted more concessions besides what was already, already agreed upon in the nuclear deal. And now Biden is pursuing the same policy as Trump. He's continuing with the maximum pressure campaign to make people suffer and, and expecting that Iran will give extra concessions. But this is a Something the Iranians said that they will not do under any circumstances. Yeah, I mean, concessions beyond an agreement um, is uh, un- unethical. I'm sort of trying to find the right words. Uh, that goes beyond political brinkmanship, doesn't it? Uh, that smacks of uh, total political immorality. Absolutely. The United States, what it's trying to do is exactly that. And not only is it immoral, but also what it does is that if Iran was to accept that, it would create an environment where the Americans would come to the conclusion that from now on, whenever they want something, all they have to do is impose new sanctions and then demand new concessions. So the Iranians are saying, look, we will not, under any circumstances, give more than what we agreed to do from the very beginning. Because, as I said, if Iran does that, if Iran gives more con- gives more concessions because of these sanctions, then six months down the road, the Americans will impose new sanctions and demand even more concessions. 
And that is a slippery slope towards losing one's country's sovereignty. So at the moment, there is a sort of stalemate where the Americans continue to impose uh, brutal sanctions directed towards women and children in the hope of getting more from Iran. And the Iranians are steadfast, and they're saying that there's nothing more than that we will give you. Now, what are the extra concessions that the United States is asking beyond the agreement? Has this got to do with the amount of uranium that can be enriched? Uh, what exactly are these concessions that the United States is, is, is demanding? Well, there are many issues. One of the issues is Iran's defense capabilities. The United States wants Iran to give up its defense capabilities. Whereas the reality on the ground is that Iran is surrounded by American military bases. And the only reason why the Americans don't attack Iran is because of Iran's military capabilities. So this is not something that is up for negotiations with Americans. Or, for example, the Americans want Iran to withdraw support from its allies in the region. But the reason why ISIS and Al-Qaeda were defeated in the region in the first place was because Iran supported the governments of the region, whether Iraq or, or Syria. And without Iran's support, ISIS and Al-Qaeda would have taken Baghdad as well as Damascus and most probably Lebanon. And if they, and subsequently they would probably move on to to countries like Iran, Turkey, and Saudi Arabia. So for Iran, that is also nothing that can be negotiated. And as you pointed out, beyond these issues, it is the principle that once you make an agreement, that's final. It's as if I sell someone a house and he refuses to pay and then says, you must give me something That's just not acceptable. Indeed. And uh, something else that uh, is being played up um, in the media is that we know that President Rouhani comes to the end of his term. It's not renewal according to the constitution of the country as it will go into elections. But we keep on hearing about factions in Iran, that this faction is going this direction, that faction is going that direction. What do you make of that? I mean, is there truth to this, that there is a so-called conservative faction in Iraq, in Iran, that want, doesn't want this, or like a more uh, liberal uh, part of Iran that wants that? I mean, how do we understand this part of the narrative that's being projected to us? Well, I think as a South African, maybe an example that I can give you, which would make sense, to your audience and sort of uh, be helpful is South Africa itself under apartheid. So you had different organizations that were resisting apartheid. What would the apartheid regime do? It would try to manipulate these different organizations, hit them against each other, try to speak to politicians in these different organizations give them promises, promise them concessions so that they would separate themselves from some other party, 
And that is basically how the apartheid system would be able to strengthen its position with regards to the majority of the population. So what the Americans are trying to do in Iran, and what they've always been trying to do, is to divide the different political parties, uh, and sort of you know, divide and rule. So that does exist. The Americans are trying to play off one party against another. They do this through Western Persian language media that beams it to the country. We have literally hundreds of TV channels that beam in from the United States or Europe, funded by Western governments and also country, uh, governments like Saudi Arabia. It's, it's a, no other country has such a phenomenon where you have... Looks like we've lost our line to um, Professor Mohammed Morandi, academic and political analyst, Tehran University, and we're talking about um, Iran trying to get on back, back on track for the JCPOA agreement and uh, him saying that uh, the Joe Biden administration is basically, to all intents and purposes, playing the Trump game. Uh, Professor Morandi, I believe we've got you back online. Yes. Sorry, we got disconnected there. Not a problem. I'm going to get to, to my, my, my next question. And um, it seems as if uh, China, Russia, Germany, France, and the United Kingdom have been a little less um, forthcoming, in a sense, than the United States. Are they more serious about um, getting the JCPOA back on track? Because uh, one of uh, they seem to be saying or seem to be indicating to us that the talks are going well. Well, the Russians and the Chinese are sincere. They are saying very explicitly that the United States must abide by its commitments. But the Europeans are playing a double game. On the one hand, they're talking about the JCPOA, but on the other hand, they're also repeating what the Americans are saying, that Iran should give us more. And uh, so, no, this, the European position is not a constructive one. It's the opposite. It's, um, it's quite imperial. But, uh, but the Russians and the Chinese, their positions are principled. Do you think China and Russia will be able to win out in what to me seems to be a political game and unfortunately uh, at the expense right now of Iran? It seems to be a lot of sound and thunder but not signifying very much. Do you think China and Russia will be able to make some genuine progress? You know, I think, again, if I give you the example of South Africa, that would be a useful uh, example. And that is that ultimately it's the Iranian people that have to resist. And countries, other countries, can support Iran. But uh, it is for the Iranian people to, to stand up for their rights. And it's sort of like South Africa. During apartheid, countries like Iran and Libya and Cuba, they were staunch supporters of the people of South Africa, but ultimately without, you know, the people of South Africa resisting, uh, apartheid would never have ended. It would have, no matter how much support different countries would have given, uh, the world and back the apartheid regime would have remained forever. So, you know, it's, I think it's a similar case. Ultimately, the Russians, the Chinese, others, the non-aligned movement, they can support Iran, it's helpful, but I think the most important thing Iranian people have to be steadfast against the uh, imperial ambitions of the United States and the Europeans. And ultimately, I'm, I'm quite confident that the, the Iranian people will overcome. 
I mean, if one looks at uh, outside interference, I mean, Iran has been interfered with for more decades than I can remember. So I should assume, uh, and I'm just sort of putting it to you, that the people of Iran, that the eyes are wide open uh, as to what is happening right now. I would say that that is accurate, although in Iran we do always have these elites, the, the more wealthy class that is uh, oriented towards uh, the West. But the, the, the bulk of the population, uh, I would uh, say that you could say with confidence that they are exactly that. Their eyes are wide open and they recognize what's going on. But again, it's never universal. You always have those um, elites, wealthy people who have interests in, uh, in having strong times with the imperial overlords, as it were. If we, we look at, at the situation we, we are, are dealing with here in terms of the whole Iranian uh, question so-called, uh, I think what uh, we need to know is what exactly are the sanctions and what exactly are the sanctions doing? Because the word sanctions is thrown around here, there and everywhere, but one never actually hears the details and exactly how it bites. The Americans have basically sanctioned everything. And therefore, even importing grain is a problem. When Corona broke out, importing masks was the great problem. The Americans tried to prevent Iran from importing masks. How did they do that? They would tell the banks not to cooperate with Iran. They would tell the pharma companies not to work with Iran. They would threaten shipping companies not to work with Iran. They would threaten insurance companies not to work with Iran. So imagine when the United States is trying to destroy you at all levels. It is a war. It is, it is no different from war. It is a silent war where people die, where people die because of a lack of medicine, where families are broken because they lose, you know, they, the, the parents lose their jobs, people, uh, the people, their livelihoods are destroyed and they become impoverished. It is truly a crime against humanity. But uh, as I said before, you know, it's something that I think the people of South Africa recognize much better than most because this is not something that would be uh, shocking to a South African uh, population which has experienced the most direct form of discrimination and injustice uh, that you know we've seen in recent human history, in, in other words, racism and racial hierarchy. So, you know, when you see this legacy of the West, when it comes to, let's say, apartheid, well, uh, South Africa, and of course, apartheid Africa, then nothing is difficult. Their support from this and Al-Qaeda makes sense in this context. Their, uh, the genocide in Yemen <laughs> makes sense in this context. And sanctions against Iran, Venezuela, Cuba, where they target ordinary people, Syria, all of that, that makes sense when one looks at the legacy of empire. If we look at, at the situation in Iran, I mean, during the um, <clears throat> situation in Iraq, 
uh, we saw hundreds of thousands of children dying because they didn't have access to the right medicines or they couldn't get right medical care because of U.S. sanctions. Is Iran in that space right now? I mean, are we seeing uh, horrific, horrific numbers coming up on the screens in terms, just for example, of what's happening to children? Iran is a much stronger country than Iraq. The uh, the Iraqi regime was a dictatorship that did not uh, have popular support. Iran is a, is an Islamic democracy. Uh, it is also it, it is dynamic. It has a strong public sector, but also private sector. It has 15 neighbors, and uh, it is a large, much larger country. And uh, Iran, after the revolution diversified its economy it's not uh, it's not an oil-based economy like saudi arabia or iraq so it's not as vulnerable iran used to be an oil-based economy but it has changed a lot over the last 40 years so uh, iran is much more capable of defending itself and protecting its population but that doesn't diminish the the the, the crime uh, it just makes the crime less uh successful in being carried out. Professor Marandi, our final question, do you see the JCPOA coming into effect again? It seems like uh, some countries, as you say, are just simply going through the motions, some are more serious than others. Do you think we will see the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action back on the table, signed, sealed and delivered as it was before 2018? to imagine that the United States will uh, be, be willing to easily uh, be convinced that uh, uh, cheating Iran will um, not work and uh, I, I don't see the United States as being a, a regime that can't be reformed so I, I find it very difficult for the Americans to be convinced to cheat in the policy, unless circumstances become so difficult for the United States, for whatever region, for whatever reason. So in the region, for example, Iran increased pressure, you know, for Iran to increase pressure on the United States. I don't know. I mean, we will have to see future circumstances. But under normal circumstances, I would say that the United States is not the sort of country that abides by its commitments. It will cheat whenever it can. Professor Mohammed Marandi, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Drive time on 91.3. Always on the cutting edge.